Hi folks and welcome to Hi folks and welcome to Waiting for Catbirds, a conversational podcast where four friends gather around the kitchen table and every studio movie in chronological order. <laughs> and welcome to Waiting for Catbus, a conversational podcast where four friends gather around a kitchen table to rank and review every single Studio Ghibli movie in chronological order. I'm your host, Ali, and today I'm joined, as always, by Eddie. Hello. Mark. Hi. And Abby. Hello. You did me before Abby, that's very well. I get confused about which order yeah, to do. Yeah, did you switch it? The introductions. Did you switch it? I thought you were going to say okay. you get confused about who your boyfriend is then, whether it's Abby or me. Well, yeah. it happens a lot, yeah. It's dark. It's dark. <laughs> the winter. We're recording this in the dark. <laughs> um, Centuries. You don't need to see us. It's not visual. On that note, let's start the podcast. <laughs> um, so, we finally made it to Spirited Away. Woo! Um, I feel like this has been... Like, Mononoke was on the horizon for a while when mm-hmm. we were like in the in the early 90s. And then, after Whisper of the Heart, I was like, okay, well, we're getting Spirited Away soon. And yeah, we're here. I'm very excited. And it smacks you in the face. Um, in the face. Ed's kind of sure. very excited about the payoff for the stupid podcast in the podcast he made oh, yeah. 12 Finally. films ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's oh, all yeah. my notes. <laughs> um, so before we jump into um, the usual rigmarole and structure where we kind of run through the plot of the movie and talk about things we liked, things we didn't like, I don't think there's going to be many of those. I have um, tons of hate this film. Love <laughs> it. Um, it's the worst film I've ever seen. Just going to go over some like kind of let's say key facts just because it's fun to talk about key facts sometimes um, and plus like it's it's a film that we're going to be like this is a great film yeah exactly. it's not spoilers guys you're not going to be surprised with how much we like this film yeah exactly. it won a bloody oscar exactly speaking and of and it won our hearts oh. um oh, yeah. spirits away um came out way back in 2001 17 oh. years ago which is kind of crazy remember um, 2001 no not really space obviously yeah um, uh, the movie's directed and written and produced all by um, Miyazaki. Um, busy boy. And yeah, like Abby said, it was uh, it's the first Studio Ghibli movie to win um, an Oscar for Best Animated Picture. It's also the first and only um, hand animated movie to win that award, which is pretty crazy. What? Um, oh, Best Animated, animated Picture. Because it only got um, introduced in like the mid 90s. Ah, uh, okay. And you think in Snow White was oh, robbed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I think Beauty and the Beast was the first one to win when they introduced oh. the category. That is a good niche fact. I mean, yeah. it may not be right, but... Walt Disney won loads of Oscars. Did he get them for other things? Maybe, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got like, the most Oscar wins, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh. Well, we're not here to talk about Walt Disney. We're here to talk about no. Spirit of the Way. No, that's true. Um, yeah, so uh, along with the Oscar one, it won a whole bunch of awards. Maybe whole bunch of awards the year it came out. Um, Spirited Away is like, often counted as like one of the greatest movies of all time, both animated and not animated. Um, it's adored by critics. In 2016, it was voted the fourth best film um, of the 21st century by like uh, a big, big association of, of movie people. In 2017, um, the New York Times put it as the second best movie in the 21st century. I need to know what these what beat it. I'm sorry. I know this isn't uh, a yeah. random yeah. film yeah. podcast. What but was number one? I don't know. Should we make it up? Yes, we guess. Shrek one. No. Shrek, no, Shrek. Shrek the halls. <laughs> Shrek the halls. <laughs> <laughs> Shrek the halls. 
Shrekenberg was rocked. I how thought do we, we always Shrek talk about Shrek? Because that's the next. It's, it's like a little. You know, in like Pixar movies where they like. It's the Easter egg they, for our yeah, next, podcast. For our next podcast. Look. Oh. Oops. Oh god. Oh, oh, bleep that one. <laughs> um. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's worth surfacing that like it, this obviously you probably heard us right away is like a much much adored movie um, mm. for lots of reasons by lots of people. So I think yeah, I'm excited to dig into it a bit more and talk about the things we loved about it and such. Um, mm. Before we do that, does anyone have any like opening remarks, opening salvos they want to like get off their chest immediately? I think like it's fair to say we all loved it. Speak now or forever hold your peace if you didn't like it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. We loved it. Um, so you three have all seen it before, haven't you? Yeah. Multiple times. So I've never seen it before, so this was amazing to watch. Yeah, me and, me and Abby were saying just before we sat down, like, love to be in your shoes. Yeah. Some, like, this is one of those movies where I'm like, I wish I could just go back and not have seen it before because it's so yeah. magical. This was like, there was times where I was looking around the room because everything was mad. <laughs> I was yeah. looking at Ali and just, like, mouth, like, wide open, just be yeah. like, what is going on? Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. But... With you guys, have you watched it quite a lot when you were younger, or was it part of your? Because you did it at uni, didn't you? All the so, Studio Ghibli stuff. Yeah, Studio Ghibli, <coughs> excuse me, came into my life a bit later. Like I, like we've mentioned a couple of times before, yeah. like probably not until like mid-teens, and then mm. got into it a lot more when I did my dissertation on it, um, and like throughout uni. I feel like someone always has like the same people. Like there's some people that take the friend box set to uni. Yep. And there's some people that have Studio Ghibli. Yeah. And you've got to be friends with all of them, yeah. because you've got a lot of TV to watch whilst you're at uni, instead of doing university yeah. stuff. Spirited Away is definitely one of those movies that, um, a lot, like, spe- like pr- lots of people have seen, like, one and okay, but, like, a lot of people have seen Spirited Away. Like, it's the breakout yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, yeah, like, it won, it won an Oscar, right? If you haven't seen any Ghibli films, you prob- you apart might. from this, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, when I tell people that we're doing a Studio Ghibli podcast, most people look at me blankly, and I'm like, you know, Spirited Away, and they're like, yeah. oh, I love that film! Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so no one really watched it as a kid? I watched it when I was like 11, 12. Because can you imagine growing up with this like we all grew up with, like The Lion King? Yeah, for sure, like, for sure. Would have been mad. Like yeah. Maybe even more so as a kid being like, what is going on? Yeah, and that's what's one of the things that's like super magical about the way the movie is like constructed and written. Um, I'm sure we have the facts to back this up, but like Miyazaki you know, went on record to be like, this was a movie he wanted to a movie about a 10 year old girl that he made for 10 year old girls like mm-hmm. it was made for like that audience to really kind of like mm. live in and love and you can yeah you can imagine like being that young and seeing this movie and being like it, it just would blow your mind yeah. like it did to yeah. us now but because wasn't it for based on one of the produce well not based on because it's not real <gasps> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but the idea of the 10 year old girl adventure with that particular one was based on the producer's daughter or yeah. someone he worked with like yeah. a close friend yeah who used to holiday with them and then yes. she he saw her being all kind of like bratty and apathetic and was like there's a film here somewhere yeah for sure but um, uh, a Miyazaki fact that yeah. maybe the listeners at home already know I did not um, he doesn't plan the script before yeah. he starts yeah, the film that blew <laughs> my mind yeah. I mean it kind of makes sense yeah. I mean yeah it does well he gets to the end so suddenly yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're doing this for two hours now <laughs> I haven't had a resolution and um, the third act in this last ten minutes <laughs> yeah because it kind of makes sense because there is a very basic plot isn't it really yeah 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 of for this sure. girl trying to find yeah. her way back to her parents yeah. and then everything else is just really good filler like yeah. like flourish yeah. Yeah, it, it seems a bit, it seems a bit like reductive to call it filler, but 
You know what I mean? It's all very it's nice. Like, flourish. Flourish. <laughs> that's a better word. You're right. Um, yeah, and I think part of that comes down to obviously like Miyazaki is in a unique position compared to like most filmmakers, where especially with a movie like this, even though he was like super late into his career, he was like like I said, directing, writing, mm. drawing the storyboards. Mm. Like he's so heavily involved in the production of these films that that's like he's probably the only person who could get away with like constructing a world like this without writing a script down because it's all just coming from directly onto his from his brain onto the page anyway mm. um yeah uh, so on that note let's we'll jump straight in yeah um it's hard to like before when we were did um my neighbor's new marvelous last week that was like a movie where i was like oh we can definitely bounce around structure wise because like it's yeah. quite short and vignette which you know a word you might have heard a lot <laughs> um last week i love that ice cream <laughs> <laughs> don't like the mint one though um this i think like one loki will go through kind of like beat for beat and talk about the things we liked in the certain scenes but up front i want to say that it's a super dense film mm-hmm. um so we are planning on releasing this episode as two parts so this is part one of spirit away and then at some point uh in the next week or so you will see part two um, a first for waiting for Captain. yeah first first mm-hmm. just because we kind of felt like we we monarchy was we did monarchy justice but we definitely felt like we could have done more with it and we wanted to make sure we gave this movie enough kind of due enough time to breathe as we talked about some of the things that kind of left us so impressed it's a wow. double decker cat bus very good i thought you talked about the chocolate but you just talked about the actual no, mm-hmm. like an old bus so yeah so yeah the mood like you said um Based on the, his friend, his friend's daughter, who's kind of like an apathetic, grumpy girl. The movie opens on um, Chihiro, our apathetic, grumpy girl um, protagonist, um, in the back of a car. She, her and her parents are like moving into a new home. Mm-hmm. She's left the school she was at. Um, she's not particularly happy or impressed with the idea of going to a new house. Um, and they're kind of like whizzed through um, the Japanese countryside, some some towns, um, and end up kind of getting lost on their way. Um, and figure that the best way to get to the house they're trying to get to is to like race through these woods oh um, my god the dad in this bit it's horrible yeah what what's he doing <laughs> I mean it's a mild peril right? yeah that it's is a mild peril really why is she not wearing a seatbelt for one yeah she just like why late. is the luggage not strapped down for <laughs> I empathise so much with her at this point in the movie where she's just like has this weird like malaise about her mm. even though she's a ten year old girl yeah. she's mm. like smelling a, smelling a bouquet of flowers her, her eyes are half closed she's like oh well, what's the point of going on yeah. Yeah. She's like the only bouquet of flowers I get, and it's a leaving present. <laughs> and her parents are like, we brought you one for your last birthday, you <laughs> bloody spoiled brat. Um, I think it's super interesting though that like, um, even like in this tiny bit of the movie, like you're introduced to the character so strongly, um, and I think lots of people like point to this scene as proof that Jihiro is like some sort of kind of like bratty, spoiled, like sullen girl. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because I think she becomes a lot more than that and it's only really this moment that kind of like says that to us and yeah. she is 10 and she has just left on the uh, yeah I kind of appreciate what she's not appreciate yeah. I didn't move when I was 10 but like you can kind of understand why yeah. she is a bit sad like she just left all of her friends yeah, and at that time sure. that is your that's whole your life. whole world isn't it yeah. and we've all been speaking literally we've all been in a car together and you get like late into a car journey yeah. Yeah. you've run out of snacks yeah. Yep. You're no closer to your destination, it feels you like. Can, you, can, you, you can only do I Spy Grass so many times exactly. before it gets dull. Exactly. Your flowers are dying. Your flowers are dying. My um, flowers are always dying. Aww. Well, that's, that's how <laughs> 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 that's sex. Um, and then 
as they're driving along, like as I say, they kind of get lost. They stop off at sort of like a shrine. Um, Chihiro's like, uh, you know, what's the shrine? The parents are like, oh, some people think little spirits in there. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Maybe this is gonna be me with forest spirits. Yeah. Um, and they keep and like that's when, like you said, Mark, the dad suddenly like puts his foot down in the car because they're kind of like going down this woodland path. They don't really know where they're going. He like recklessly drives as fast as he can. Yeah, because he definitely looks like he wants to be going that fast. The yeah. mom is like, why are you going so fast? It's not like, oh, I've lost control. It's yeah. like. I want to get somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He's like very bad. Yeah. yeah. Speed limits. Possessed, exactly. <laughs> something, something you could, like, the read, I guess, is that something is, like, drawing Roaring them into them. the woods as fast yeah. as they can until they almost smash into, like, this little um, stone statue, which has a very weird smiley face on it. And they're, like, standing. we had bollocks like that, I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then standing in front of them is this, like, huge red brick uh, gatehouse of a tunnel. Um, and then they like, I like get out of the car and kind of discuss whether they should go through. The dad is like overcome with this like curiosity and compulsion mm-hmm. to like explore. And Jihiro is like, no, this is weird. Let's not do this. And the parents are kind of like, from this moment on, um, like almost like bewitched by yeah. the possibility of what's mm-hmm. beyond that that gatehouse. Um, Normally you see like the films like Kiki and Whisper of the Heart, where the, like the kid wants to explore the world. Yeah. And or even is... May in, in Totoro, right? She can't. Yeah. Like, and like most Disney films as well, like you see the really like gun ho like wanting to do like pave their own way. And it's really interesting that Chihiro is like very hesitant and very nervous. She's like, no, mm-hmm. I just I just want to go. Yeah. And I'm like, I can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It kind of gives that like um probably a more realistic kind of version. I'm speaking what you you disagree, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I can probably say for all of us, like you get the outgoing kids that are like constantly scaling trees and doing all sorts of stuff and going on those kind of adventures or like wanting to be mm. me not so much yeah no. stay in a car yeah great yeah. feel a bit sad and mopey great yeah. into it um i don't think i've ever climbed a tree no, no. we talked about this the other day yeah we saw a tree and we were like have you ever climbed one of those <laughs> well we were at kew gardens <laughs> there was a few of them and you were like i'm not gonna climb that <laughs> you won't make me climb that no she, she is um, like the, oppo- the opposite of that right she compared yeah. to like I think I can't remember um, the older sister's name but like May and her sister from Totoro who are like so used to being on their own and so used to like exploring the garden and going through the underground and like, they find Totoro and they're really excited like they have such a hunger for that kind of adventure where Chihiro is like slightly older yeah. she's she lives in mod. She lives in the twenty first century she doesn't live she's not it's, it's, this isn't 60s 70s Japan like it's a slightly different time and, and she is anxious and she is like just very reluctant to kind of go, go somewhere on a whim mm-hmm. the way she was like gripping her mum's arm when they yeah. came down that tunnel yeah. Um, yeah there's something about like she's not quite a reluctant hero like Han Solo but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about like a, like a he- she's a hero yeah. she becomes a hero mm-hmm. but not she's not like desperate for it like she yeah. doesn't like it's, it's um, not, she's not reluctant she's not reluctant to be but she's almost like it's almost, almost just like ha- just happens she, yeah. she yeah. doesn't even realize that yeah. she is a hero in this story yeah. like yeah. she's just like i need to get she she gets story. on with it right it's out of necessity yeah. like at, th- at this point it's that like it comes clear obviously at a later point when she's like trying to rescue her parents like she just does the things she needs to do to mm. to get things that like to kind of help her parents yeah. to save happy like yeah it's yeah it's not her um doing like what she it's not her doing what she wants is to go on an adventure it's the parents aren't as absent or just like um 
kind of a bit um what's the word? Useless. Shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shit. Like that's the dad from, from Toy Story. Yeah, yeah exactly. These are bad. These are worse than the dad mm. from Toy Story. Um, no, but if they're under like some sort of spell. Yeah, the dad from Toy Story was like lovely babies to kids. Remember? Oh, <laughs> what? That be your second point? Before you say that. Um, it's not that her parents are like absent or just um shit. Um, they're actually in like peril. So there's like some sort of mm. like problem that needs to be solved here, rather than I'm just gonna go off and have an adventure now. It's yeah. I want to yeah. go home. Yeah. I want to get back into the car and yeah. go to this new place, which I'm pretty sure will be shit, but at least everyone is yeah. real. It's scary, but how scary can it be compared to this? Yeah, because right? yeah, exactly. it's good. Like it is good that that is so different because you're right. Like that trope in most films is that like you don't have parents like Harry Potter, yeah. Luke Skywalker, like all these heroes just yeah. which we which we touched on a point which before. lead to yeah. like adventures that yeah. they can do. Yeah. So yeah, it's exactly. interesting to see a different yeah. way of right. I think um there's a couple things to touch on before we like I think A I think it's super interesting that we're we're less than a scene into the movie oh, and you already like you already get such an idea of who this character is. Like, again like Ghibli movies do it so well across the board. Mm-hmm. Swiss Way obviously does it in spades where it's like here's a scene and you're going to know this character inside out just off the back of the way they're animated and the world they inhabit like embo- embodies them so well mm-hmm. um i think like you said with the parents it's really interesting that they're they're not they're not, they're not even just like normal parents they're they are reckless at this point they yeah. represent a kind of recklessness that Jerry has to contend with right like the wind pulls them into the tunnel but they want to go in the tunnel mm-hmm. the dad drives fast because he wants to drive fast like they have a there is something that compels them obviously something mystical but also something within themselves that really wants them to like to kind of just be reckless and take risks well that's why they that's presumably why they've moved like yeah. that's indi- indicative of their character yeah. is that like they're just going to pick up and move I mean yeah. you don't uh, you don't hear the story of why I'm assuming the yeah. dad has a new job that always it, seems it, to be the trope yeah. 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 but yeah it leads into that temptation yeah. um, I also want to say again like super early but like even this scene is so iconic like the little wooden <laughs> statue um, in front of the red tower the way that like they come across this building in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and you can't see over it and like it's so beautiful off, straight off the bat um something really magical about the idea of like they take they take taking the wrong turn in some woods and being like it's narnia right it's a thing you had no idea could even be yeah. in a place is suddenly yeah. suddenly but, there but then it kind of subverts that so you see this really grand red brick building and as soon as you get through the tunnel, they're like, oh, the building was fake. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a theme yeah. park. Like, yeah. it's not this massive, like, shrine. Cool. It's yeah. commercialism. Yeah, completely. But it's... then, once again, it's been abandoned. Yeah. But then that's that thing that they say, oh, they were going to build a river here. Yeah. Oh, but they tried to turn it into a theme park that fa- failed. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah. It's a Miyazaki film. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I get it. I mean, the dad, so yeah, they, come, they go through the tunnel, and they kind of, like you say, it's revealed that the land on the other side of the tunnel isn't this kind of, like, yeah, uh, shrine or something or temple. It's uh, yeah, an old abandoned theme park. And the, yeah, the dad says like in the nineties they built a lot of these, but there wasn't enough time to sustain mm-hmm. them. Basically, it's really interesting. Um, they cross the river, which is dried up, mm-hmm. and there's this like whole miniature town, um, kind of like sprawled up before them. Um, it's completely deserted. It's completely empty. Um, but they walk through, and it's just like the already the colours in this movie just like pop. But like it's so there's so many mm-hmm. reds and greens like. And the detail as well is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, even when they're in the car, like, yeah. bits you notice that other animations probably wouldn't do is like when they're in the car, you can see where the rear view mirror attaches to the window. And like, it's such a small detail, yeah. I notice. And then I know it sounds pretty silly, 
after what then happens for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the film. But like everything is thought about, yeah. even yeah. The fa- like yeah. even if it's not the fantastical yeah. stuff. On that note, I have some facts. <gasps> oh, a mirror. No, because um, really it's like that mirrors. little thing. It's yeah. kind of going car. back to that. Um, yeah, just about the little things and going back to the theme park. Um, apparently, um, it, when they get like kind of through the first bit and they're walking through these uh, abandoned buildings, there is the kanji character, which um, is which means dog, but could also suggest the homophone kanufu which means bitter meat, meaning something that requires personal oh, yeah. sacrifice. Oh. Yeah? Yeah? And then you also see there um, the character for bone, um, which could um, be like a hint towards this phrase, toninashi, probably saying that completely <laughs> wrong, I'm sorry I did not get a phonetic spelling, <laughs> um, which can mean lacking a moral backbone, mm, which kind of leads us on to what, yeah. what the, the their parents are. Oh yeah, I read quite a lot that was like, um, there's a lot, that English, like the English speakers, would just miss from the, yeah. the world in this moment, and like interesting stuff, like um, on the flags as they walk through, like the aisles of these food stalls, there are like different Chinese characters that mean different things. Like there's a lot, like lots of weeks and nods and like subtlety going on yeah. in this like world yeah. building moment. Isn't um, it supposed to be like what like the signs when they get to those food stalls are like all backwards? Yeah, to yeah, like yeah. add to the sense mm. of just confusion yeah. for this little girl. Um, they get to the food stalls, and the reason they've kind of been so like. Uh-huh. Uh, hurriedly uh-huh. carrying on uh-huh. through the um, the town is that uh, the dad is like going crazy for the smell of food. So is the mom. He's like sniffing it out like a dog. Yeah. And then he goes like, "It's in this room." Yeah, it's so funny. And he's like, "Maybe this theme park is still in business because yeah. you can smell food." And I'm like, well, "Where are the bloody people yeah. then? Yeah. Of course it's not." And they're they're so, so overcome strange. by that like desire, right? So yeah. they, they arrive at a re- restaurant that for some reason is still functioning. All this food is laid out, and the parents just like go to town immediately. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good food. Good laid looking out. food in that. <laughs> yeah. Finally, yeah. Really some Ecstatic. Oh, do you want to seat? You want to jump in now with me? Oh, with me? Jump in with some stuff now, but like. Do we want to do like section maybe? Yeah, maybe like we should do food very... at the end, and yep. like, I'll just like go through all my. There's all, literally all my notes are just food notes, okay. so I can there's talk a lot through that stuff. Yeah, so there's is there a lot of food? Yeah, there's a lot. Of food. Oh, there's so much food. No, but in this bit there is. In this bit, and there's a bit where, like, literally food. the point of it, huh? yeah, food. is that there's lots of food. Yeah, there's a lot of food. Anyway, God, uh, they so yeah, the parents arrive in this food stall. It's kind of full up with like all sorts of delicious looking things which we'll get into later and the parents like without questions just start like digging in eating everything they can see piling up plates um our anxious main character Chihiro is like we should leave we're gonna get in trouble this is weird like the one person that's seeing sense of the three of them at first it was just the dad but also then the mom gets involved they're just like ravenous they're just like swallowing things There's, like, yeah he eats like some like big ball of something yeah. it's like has it in his mouth, like filling yeah, up his yeah. mouth, he's still talking yeah. through yeah. it. It's, it's, it's gross. It's gross. Fun fact, I mistook the roast chickens for what, what did I think the chickens were? Little pigs? No, I thought they were tiny. They didn't they look did like roast chickens. Yeah, they they, they, they look, look like, like off-brand like, off animals. Yeah, it, like was, it was weird. There's some weird foods in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they're, they're kind of like lost to eating this meal. Jihiro, in the kind of her like despair, like runs off. She actually explores. She finds that in the center of this kind of funfair town is this giant bathhouse, um, and smoke has started to appear above the bath bathhouse, which indicates to her that like, oh, so things are starting to happen. People are going to be here soon. We should go. And then on the bridge in front of the bathhouse, we get introduced to kind of like the other mainish character in the movie. Um, this kind of boy of a similar age to her uh, called Haku. 
who as soon as he sees her is like you can't be here we shouldn't be here we need to leave he grabs her um, and tries to like take her away he's like you need to get over you need to cross the river like get on the other side of the river and once you're on the other side of the river you'll be safe you can get back to your car it's all very dramatic she's very confused and scared understandably and then she's like okay, i need to get my parents mm-hmm. who we you know as all this we're like well they're pretty greedy they're pretty pretty gluttonous and of course famously she gets back to them and they are just giant pigs in people's oh, clothes jaw dropping yeah so like which is such a weird moment if you didn't know that was cut like because that's yeah, like yeah. the thing of this movie is that oh in spirit away when the parents are so greedy they become pigs like it's such that a... was that was when it just all shifted yeah. Like, yeah. and then it just literally shit hit the fan yeah. what, did, what did you think about that mark like we all knew it was coming i i like, actually oh i was God. like looking around the room i was, I was <laughs> gobsmacked i was like this is actually insane and they're not even like they're not Porco Rosso they're not pigs no, that are people they're, they're like, like they're like snarling grunting yeah. like yeah. I like would, yeah. when they turn into like yeah. realistic yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I want to like ask like before okay we're about to get into like what this film's all about and what where uh, all yeah. the stuff that goes on what did you think this film might be about before? I did not have a clue I thought it was um a journey with a girl and a spirit traveling around Japan because the only image I'd seen yeah. is of her and no face on the train. On the train. Yeah. This is the thing. So like, that's nice. I feel like for. And I think I conflated. Sorry, Eddie. I think I conflated the um, image of Totoro yeah. at the bus stop, yeah. and I thought they were the same film like years ago. Yeah. How wrong I was. Because like Princess Mononoke, I can picture like the DVD cover, and there's yeah. like a big wolf on there, yeah. and like all this like it gets right into like what's going to be in this film yeah whereas the cover for this is just like her looking up at the sky there's no mm. indication of what's going to happen yeah. Like, yeah, yeah you have no idea so i was a lot interested to see like yeah what did you think of it like what yeah like what did yeah yeah, yeah. i i, I like, did not expect the film that i saw and yeah. i'm so glad i didn't do anything about it like if i'd read somewhere that was like a small girl goes an adventure to a theme park where um or a bathhouse where spirits go i would have been like yeah oh okay but this was <laughs> such a new it's such exciting a, it's story such a switch, to be told right and like the way the, the framing of it is so good in that it's so the first 10 minutes of the movie are so quiet and so weird mm-hmm. and then it's like the lights come on and all this activity appears and the movie gets a completely different tone and like yeah it's fantastic um yeah so yeah we're, we're talking about it right mm-hmm. but her, pa- her like, parents are pigs she kind of freaks out lots of weird shadow people suddenly start appearing behind all yeah, the stalls yeah, yeah. people start taking form and she runs back to the river to be like, fuck, I need to at least try and cross the river. Where are my parents? She doesn't quite twig that her parents are the pigs. Um, she tries to get back over the river, which was a dry riverbed before, but now mm-hmm. it's this like rapidly filling up um, kind of rivery lake thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a giant boat full of weird frog spirits yeah. on their way across the lake towards her. You know what this scene like kind of felt like? And you kind of already mentioned it, but like, it's like they're going into Narnia or... Yeah. Like the bit where they're going to Diagon Alley, just like this magical explosion of a yeah. new yeah. world, just completely like transforming the tone and look of the feel. Yeah. The feel? The film. <laughs> the tone yeah, and the sure. look of the feel. Yeah, the feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can we just go back to the one line that the dad says as he's like, I really want the food? Yeah. He says, You've got daddy here and he has credit cards and cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it, even at this point, maybe it's like, It's about like there's a lot like they her parents are literally turned into pigs like yeah there's classic ghibli subtlety levels going on with the metaphor um but you don't even like stop to think about that, that at this point because you're so swept up in what's going on because yeah the this boat for frog people arrives all these spirits get off suddenly this like completely deserted town becomes this like crazy bustling place yeah. um mm-hmm. 
Chihiro, rightfully so, kind of just freaks out, which is fair. Um, and she kind of like runs and hides. You'd probably think you were dying, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, you think, hallucinating yeah. and yeah. about to die. Yeah. She freaks out, she hides. Um, one of my favourite characters appears momentarily in this moment, which is this weird big <laughs> eagle in the sky, which oh. you can't really notice straight away, but if you look closer, you would have seen that eagle has a lady's face. Um, uh, yeah. As Tahiro is hiding at this moment, Haku appears again and is like, okay, you're a human, it's dangerous to be a human here, you need to get a job, we need to get you back, we need to get you across the bathhouse across to the bathhouse I'm going to take care of you but you need to hold your breath while we cross the bridge and like not panic and we just need to go before that she starts to disappear a bit oh yeah like in Back to the Future exactly yeah because um, she's not a spirit and yeah. she's like turning into a spirit yeah. um, and then um, Haku says the, the famous line that we've all heard am I right ladies open your mouth and eat this oh, <laughs> oh. God. In this case, though, it does actually help. She does stop being a ghost person. We always talk about lewd things yeah. like opening yeah. your mouth and dabbies. Basically, does she? Does she? Just... It's like a little ball. It's yeah. like, like, like a nut. Is it a nut? Yeah. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, this Why? Bit, you know, this bit too much. But they cross over the bridge. Um, Chihiro like holds her breath pretty well until like a big creepy spirit appears. Then she breathes. Then Haku, this young guy, we kind of suddenly realise that like he's not just like a normal boy. He's got some cool magic powers. He turns a little talking frog because oh, yeah, yeah, that frog <gasps> rumbles him, doesn't it? This world is full of. Trying to hold your breath. No, I was trying to read my notes. Oh right, I thought you were like across the bridge. <laughs> I'm gonna appreciate what Chihiro went through. <laughs> because this world is full of all sorts of weird magical creatures, we're already starting to see them like fill the streets. Um, the frog is like. Hey, what's his name? Master Haku. Master Haku is like, my man, basically. <laughs> and then he's like, shut up, frog. And he puts a spell on it. Um, big frogs, little frogs. Big oh, ducks. Frogs. Big oh, my God. You... So oh, the duck. Let's pause here and just say that, like, at this point in the movie, there are so many things happening on screen mm-hmm. for the rest of the film yeah. where you're just like, you, you could look at any quadrant and be like, this is, inc- like, yeah. it's just like a so amazing. Can yeah. we do a quick little, who's your favourite spirit? Okay. The radish, yeah. the radish spirit. Yeah. Ooh, oh, radish spirit is good. So, okay. uh, not, no, no, but we will agree then. <laughs> not with, not with the named ones. We'll get back. We'll get to the big character ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the one like, that like just the background ones. I like the radish. Yeah, I like the moustache. Yeah. yeah, I don't I like his like roots that are coming out of him. It's a bit creepy. Yeah. The ducks that jump up and down. Like yeah, the, the ducks are very good. Who else is there? I like the big, big-headed ladies. All of the women that work in the bed bath house. Some of them just have really big heads. It's very good. Oh, yeah. Um, I also like uh, oh, nah, spoilers, but I, I I really like the like stinky monster and like turns into this cool thing. Like, and the three just... heads. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll move this bit further along <laughs> in the podcast. I'm um, sorry, everyone. So yeah, they get so Haku and Tahira get across the bridge. Guys. Haku is like, this is the bathhouse, and the woman that runs the bathhouse has complete control over this town. If you want to stay here and save your parents, you need to get a job get a job to hero he's like go down the steps find this man who runs the boiler get him to give you a job all will be good i need to go and then he kind of disappears and leaves to hero with this like mental image because he's some sort of wizard of how to get down these crazy steps and find um that is pretty sick like Kadima. Mm. capitalism am i right she's get in 10 get a job get a job, yeah, get a job. Yeah, get a job. Um, and he does a really cool flying thing when oh, yeah. they initially escape. Yeah. Oh, he was when the frog is like, my man, and then he's like, no shit, and then... Yeah. <laughs> um, it's 
It, like, it's, it's so hard to stop. No oh, shit. Because it runs on 100 miles an hour and there's so, yeah. so many good moments. Um, I want to pause on her running down the steps and then regaining her ability to run and then arriving where she needs to arrive. You know how she starts off the steps and she stumbles and she falls and like the step breaks mm. and then she recovers herself and then she starts running and then she has the momentum to get where she needs to go. Like a few things that I read um, around the theme were like pointing out like that's a very neat metaphor for her journey throughout this film of how like at first she kind of stumbles, doesn't know what she's doing and then she kind of gains the confidence and the momentum to just like mm. kind of power through and you get that immediately mm. that she's not someone that she doesn't stop a full collapse cry like she just like she's scared but she kind of Does wills herself to carry on she like learns not to do that particular thing that made her fall yeah and mm-hmm. just carries on and does the right thing yeah um and then yeah she arrives at the boiler room um that powers the kind of the the powers the bathhouse and funnels the water up to the different baths and is all run by coal and run by a very good spider-man very good spider space man not spider hyphen man um, oh, spider space he's, um, <laughs> he's got stars. like he's got like eight arms <laughs> he's pedaling he's crushing up like herbal things to put in the water and he's pulling levers mm. um, he's just great and I love him he's a little grumpy old man he's so grumpy at he first yeah. he's so good he's got little legs he's got yeah he's, he's got weird little legs big arms they all stretch and then there's one point when you crawling along with his big arms and his legs are just normal size yes, he's got <laughs> normal like laying down useless um, the design on him is so cool though. yeah like, it's yeah. wicked and he again is a really interesting in the way that like he's super grumpy and grouchy when you first meet him even at the beginning of this scene and then by the end of the scene he's like doing Chihiro a favour and like helping her out because he thinks she's like a kid and needs help like it's so warm he's kind of like everyone's granddad yeah he's it? such a good like, grandpa don't, don't talk to him when he's watching golf but yeah. he's got a good heart he's Uncle po- Mr Pom He's Mr. Pop. Down the mines. But looking, not as crazy. Looking at rocks, hanging out. Oh his my best God. friend. My rocks, rocks. Are they my friends. Um, <laughs> talking of friends. Kadima's friends, he has the oh, best of friends. The tiny little soot, soot sprites. We've met carry, them before. Who carry his coal. We have met them before. Crossover event. Yeah. I know. Right. I'm all right. Shared universe. Shared universe. Name an iconic duo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he... Two of the soot sprites. <laughs> Did you see them? They were really oh, good. They were doing... It's so cute. Yeah, these tiny soot sprites, the same ones we've seen in Totoro, are like funneling coal into the boiler, aren't they? Um, they're just, like, again, like, so expressive, even though they're literally a black spot with two big eyes. And they, it's so, so clever. Um, and they're kind of like scuttling along, sort of like ants, like carrying leaves. And then one of them drops the lump of coal on himself. He's all squished. And you can just, you can just see the coal, like, wobbling a little it's bit. So and they, and they all yeah. just look at him like, yeah, like, what are you doing? doing? It's so cute. But we can't help you. We've <laughs> all got coal in us. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Jahiro picks up the coal to help him, and then he like scuttles away. And Ka- and Kajima's like, "Well, you've started a job now, so you have to finish it," which is nice. Um, and she like very slowly carries the coal over, throws it in the furnace, um, and then like even though it's such a small moment, it's like my favorite moment it's in this great. movie. One of the cutest moments. It's so so good. Um, all the other soot sprites look at her. They look at their coal and they just all drop the coal on themselves. <laughs> it's so good. It's just so pure and just so funny. Yeah, like, it's so funny. There are funny moments in Ghibli films, but they're not comedies. Yeah. But this is like a laugh out loud yeah. moment where you're like, this is gold. But it's through something so simple. And no words are needed for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Scene, right? Well, this this it's is... Like, it's like beat perfect. It's yeah. like just pause... They look up. Yeah. They look at their coal. They you like see the yeah. coal turning in their little yeah. soot brains. So good. Oh, it's fantastic. 
Um, but so two things. Um, one about the lack of like, um, they don't they don't speak and they're like really expressive, simple characters. This is a classic thing in like children's animation where you have like, it's why Disney movies have animal companions and stuff. It's like well, the char- one that doesn't speak characters that that resonate with really really young children mm. who maybe Aww. can't speak but they mm. like see like fuzzy things basically and that are funny and hyper expressive like the baby and the bird in the, yeah. in the very end of this movie and they're kind of like that is so right yeah gives them something to watch and, and laugh at too oh, like the chicken in cool. Moana and yeah. the pig and the pig yeah uh, oh they both don't speak do they yeah. Yeah. Oh, and which the one did speak? Eyes as well. Like yeah. you couldn't animate so much with just eyes. Yeah. Remember Ice Age, Manny the mammoth. Yeah. Can't see his mouth ever. All in the eyes. Yeah. All in the just eyes. Just like his sprites. Yeah. And Ray he's Ray like learned like ninety percent of the face. Eyes. I made that up. They <laughs> <laughs> um, came for facts and we gave them that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a really uh, other really nice interesting moment here when we've already like had some conversations at this point in the movie. One conversation is maybe about like you need to get a job to get by. Kajima is like. Um, be careful when you take the coal from them because if you take their job they won't, they'll stop existing mm. he says yeah. like the, the spell that I've cast them only works as long as they have a job which is like we'll wrap that ground to like the late like labor politics movie, but it's super interesting that even the soot sprites are like wrapped up in the the magic of the bathhouse and like everyone has to be contributing to, to how the bathhouse works for it to for them to kind of have purpose mm-hmm. um, did you recognise Kamaji? Margie? Yeah. Margie's voice. No. So he was Grandpa Piccolo in Porco Rosso. Oh, really? Yeah, Wait, played Grandpa's... by... Who was he? Who was Grandpa Piccolo? Grandpa. Grandpa Piccolo. The oh. He's the one that they... they he, um, he has the wives. No, he has one wife, but he has the... He's just, he has the Macbeth trio of, yeah. of old women helping build the plane. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know in Porco um, Rosso, like, goes rogue and has to leave? Sorry, when I said the I rogue. don't remember this one, I Okay. <laughs> well, he's played by a guy called David Ogden Steers, and he's been in a ton of animated movies. And he was the narrator in My Neighbors the Yamadas. Oh, oh that's cool. yeah. so they're his neighbors. So they're his neighbors. That was a quite a low, gravelly oh, guy's voice. Yeah. Like uh, summer family dinner. You are the star. Oh, that one. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. I um, thought you meant the actual neighbor who's like. And yeah, so he was a Lilo Stitch with the girl who plays, and I don't have her name. Chihiro? Chihiro. No, no, I don't have her right. name. Um, yeah, plays Chihiro, who plays Lilo. And she also plays um, the main evil girl in the ring. Oh, yeah. Oh. Tomorrow. Um, Lilo and Stitch, I just remember now, wrapping back round, Lilo and Stitch was the movie, was also up for Best Animated Feature oh. at Southern um, oh, was Oscars. Was this? Yeah. Um, so oh, it's interesting. Wow. So there, she played both the main characters. So she was just. So whatever was going on, she was she was taking her. She was a yeah. very rich little girl. That. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, um, linking to that. Oh yeah, trust funds. What you say? Linking to what? Um, linking to like talking about Disney films and stuff. It's interesting to think about what films came out at the same time. So yeah. I mentioned mm. Lilo Stitch a similar time. Um, but in this particular year, as well, um, Atlantis: The Lost Empire came out. Oh. I love that. I love it. People n- don't necessarily yeah. think it's one of the best. Yeah, I'm not here for Atlantis. Atlantis. And Lilo and Stitch came out the same year. Oof. I don't know. I thought Lilo and Stitch was a bit of a thing. I think Lilo and Stitch might have been the year. The, the Oscars is February, right? Or January. So yeah. maybe it's yeah. just a bit like that. Yeah. But, but also, the um, was the from year. a Pixar point of view, um, Monsters Inc. Ah. So it's oh. weird that like 
Spirit Away is really coming into like yeah. modern times now. We're jumping around, but since we're talking about Pixar, it's probably worth noting like the other really interesting bit of trivia around this movie is um, the way in which uh, this was like one of the, the movie that kind of like really cemented the Disney and Ghibli um, relationship because um, earlier, like it, a couple of years before, um, some of the like younger producers and animators from Studio Ghibli had gone over to stay with Disney animators and like learn how they did things. Um, John Lasseter, who was with Disney at the time, was like super impressed by what they were doing and like really wanted to build a relationship. So over the years following that, he got closer and closer with Miyazaki um, until they were good friends. And then Miyazaki, he was like the first person outside of Japan to see this movie while it was being produced. Miyazaki took it to him. John Lasseter was like, "This is incredible! Yeah, like we need, we person. need this movie." Mm-hmm. He was like, went to Disney and was like, we should need to buy this movie right now. Um, and so this was like the movie that created the partnership between Disney proper and oh. um, Studio Ghibli. And like, That's really it's cool. the reason why it has, it got a huge, huge release in the US. It's the reason, probably, probably the reason it got an Oscar because it like got Disney's marketing money basically in the States and Europe, which none of the other ones would have. Even yeah. even like Mononoke and stuff didn't have the, the kind of full force of a company like Disney behind them. And it has the jumping lamp. And exactly, and at the lamp at the end at the end of the movie, spoilers. There is a lamp with a foot that jumps around. Oh, and it has a glove. Yeah, it has a glove. Yeah, it's a street street lamp. Oh yeah, and it waves. Yeah, and yeah. that's a nod to the Pixar lamp. Oh. I didn't know that. I didn't know that lamp. Yeah, I just didn't know it was a lamp. And I forgot it. When you said a lamp, I thought you meant the Pixar little cable lamp. Yeah, I think it speaks to the influence of this movie, like, and how many people, as soon as you see it, like you, Mark whenever someone sees it for the first time they're just like completely sucked up in how amazing it is yeah. um, um sorry it's fun that this um film about greed and capitalism an american man saw it was like we need to buy this film <laughs> <laughs> good indeed good. well um aso- another aside did you know that Miyazaki didn't, didn't attend the oscars mm, yeah. because, it, because it was he was protesting the iraq war, war. Yeah. um so yeah, that said, back into the world of Spirits of the Way. Mm-hmm. Abby, did you have a point oh, I before? Had, just before we move on from the soot sprites, can we just talk about the fact that their, their sustenance, their food is confetti? <gasps> oh my god, it's so cute. It's so cute. And it's so colourful and they're so dark and it's just like... Yeah, it's Ooh. amazing. Yeah, because um, once Kajima is like, get, just go and get a job, I can't give you a job, you need to go speak to Ubaba, mm-hmm. who's the like the head, the lady that runs the bathhouse. Um, out from the wall appears another another character, um, and it's our first introduction to to Lynn. Mm-hmm. Good girl, Lynn. Literally, she's so she's good. She's nice. Um, good she's girl, like Lynn. a young woman that works at the bathhouse. She knows Gadget they're good friends, and yeah, she feeds the soot sprite. <sighs> they, it almost looks like Lucky Stars cereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it like does. it's just yeah. adorable. Um, another thing, then Lynn is also in Porco Rosso. Oh really? She's played by Susan Egan, and we spoke about her when we came to Porco Rosso. Oh, She's really? Meg from Hercules. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you can really see like Disney buying this and being yeah. like, we're gonna put all of the people that we know are good. Yeah. In this voice cast, but yeah. yeah um, so she plays Porco Rosso's like on and off lover. Yeah. Oh, it's the one her husband dies. She always yeah, marries the guy. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but dying. she's like the best, best character in that movie. Yeah, I love her. And again, she just comes into this movie and she's just very good again. Yeah, she's exceptional. Um, you can see why they have so many voice cast like mm-hmm. credits under their name. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm really glad. Like before we get, I'm sure we're going to talk about Lynn in like a lot more detail. I feel like we've got this like apathetic ten year old girl. I'm yeah. really glad we didn't have like this like amazing sprightly kind of. Um, 
um, ridiculously like optimistic character as like her mentor I'm glad that she is like as cynical and it's like this is just a job like come on then if you're coming take off your shoes they don't need your socks come on it's so good speaking of shoes and socks (laughs) (laughs) every sentence research and then I was like speaking of (laughs) Um, when the soot sprites steal the shoes and stuff. Oh, yes. they're very good. Tidy them away. Um, oh. We'll come back to cute moments. So, just because <laughs> I feel like we should aim to, to keep going. Um, made this five hours long. There's a point. So yeah, Lin Lin agrees um, after some coercing from Kadima to take uh, Chihiro up to the top of the tower, top of the bathhouse, to meet Ibaba so she can get a job. Because if she doesn't get a job, she'll be turned into an animal like her parents. Um. We get this amazing scene as, as they're like going up the floors of the bathhouse. Yeah. We meet the aforementioned uh, Radish, Radish spirit. spirit, who's like this big white flubbery man with like long tendril stuff. Um, and he uses like tusks to press buttons, and yeah. then she kind of gets caught. There's so many weird behind it. Yeah, he has like weird roots. Oh, well, he is Radish. Radish. And then does he have a plate on his head? I think so. Yeah, like a little metal. Looks like a little metal hat. It looks like he's like an upturned something. Radish. He's definitely upturned. Um, it's just very it's just it, it's so amazing and like there's so many weird characters in this moment as they're like mm-hmm. ascending the floors so many like weird chicken people yeah. oh, so many it? frog people it's just it's just like that's frog work so enthralling <laughs> there's a little uh, food fight when yeah. she doesn't he uh, oh, he gives fight. her the the roasted newt oh uh, yeah. yeah flip out yeah. about this newt so that frog good. is like Oh, who are you putting on that lift? Why are you doing that? And she's like, I've been resting newt. And he's like, Oh my god! But I love it because they don't really like newt. they don't need to explain that roasted <laughs> newts are really delicious. Like it's just these tiny elements and yeah. tiny like details that yeah. really make this world. Like you go mm. through the bathhouse and it's so amazing to like you get a yeah. sense of the place mm. so easily yeah. without it's... having to really pay attention, like yeah. so fully realised. Yeah, it's like, it's just yeah. It's it's Wonderful, I think is a is a silly <laughs> word to say, but it is like it's full of this like wonder. It's full of wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Lynn can't go in the lift with the radish spirit, but her and the radish Chihiro and the radish spirit keep going to the top floor. She gets to the floor where Yubaba the the witch's penthouse mm-hmm. is. Um, oh, because she's still human at the moment, yeah. isn't she? Yubaba's penthouse is this kind of like um, I'm going to get a penthouse. It's just the top floor, but in my mind, it's absolutely a penthouse. <laughs> is this like bougie. insanely bougie, like yeah. lavish? like Edwardian, Victorian Victorian decorated, has all these vases, like really intricate wallpaper, everything is super like plush. Um, Plush. It's just like, (laughs) it's so over the top compared to what we've seen in the rest of the bathhouse. but it's where the boss lives, and she's got to have her luxury. And she is the boss. And she's so good. So yeah, we get introduced to the Barber at this point. uh, uh, Chihiro gets like, whizzed in like um yeah. haku was like when he does a little uh, sign yeah. Yeah. she like she draws gets, her like, in yeah because yeah, like, we meet the talking knocker don't we oh uh, uh, yeah and then she oh. like it's like it's rude to do that or something yeah. and then it's her yeah. voice the, 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 the knocker is like um it's such a weakling like, yeah. actually confident at all like yeah. goes at her for not for hesitating which is interesting yeah. it's very like christmas carol vibes yeah. or like the oh, ones yeah. from labyrinth for sure yeah. um and yeah we get this we get this amazing like introduction intro, introductory meeting with um Yubaba, which is basically like the worst job interview you've ever been to we meet there's a moment where three like the heads of three ogre heads roll into the scene so a giant baby's cool. foot comes through the wall at one point like it's it's so mad but, it, it's, but it's insane it's a, it's a job interview which i thought was occasionally halfway through the movie i was like she's there to try and see if she can get a job and Yubaba has to give her a job but it's still like grilling her um yeah. so like the, a job interview from hell of the worst I mean, kind I never really thought about that, um 
but Yubaba herself is exceptional. Um, she's like has this big float. She's like a short old lady with a giant head. Mostly the head. biggest head. Mostly she's a and head. And a big bun as well. Like and her hair is bigger bun. than her face. Like yeah. She gave um, me um, you know Jerry's agent from Friends. <laughs> Estelle. 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 Yeah. Yeah. She gave me. It's me, Estelle. It's me, but she was, she's incredible. She's excellent. She's like one of the best characters we've um, And she reveals that she made an oath earlier, an earlier time, to give a job to anyone who asks who comes to the bathhouse. So she gives Chihiro this job um, in exchange for her name. So she makes mm-hmm. her sign this contract and she goes from being Chihiro to being Sen. Mm-hmm. Do, you um, wanna, do you want to hear some, I do. some name facts? The surprise, <laughs> I have some name facts. Chihiro's uh, name literally means a thousand, is the first half. And then the second half is. Um, either asking questions or searching slash seeking which obviously that's kind of what she's doing yeah um and then so when she becomes sen uh sen is literally just a thousand yeah. so she's like stripped of that oh, part of that curiosity like her purpose while she's there yeah like, exactly because now she has this job and she's got to do the the yeah. job like that's what's ultimately distracting her from going to find her yeah. parents isn't it because mm. yubaba gives the job of Basically, being Lynn's like assistant in like cleaning the bath and like helping people, helping clients and all this stuff. Um, and Chihiro now Sen. I might just refer to her as Sen for the rest until she gets her name back. Mm-hmm. I can barely remember people's like first names, and then when you start introducing like second names into the movie, I'm like, bro, um, now I've got not her last name. She's not Chihiro Sen. No, but then like <laughs> the like the first name you get introduced to, oh, I okay. barely remember like most people's names in these films anyway and now I've got to remember a second name Sam as well oh. yeah um, exactly so many syllables <laughs> there's I want to skip through this moment where she like becomes Lynn's assistant and goes to live with her and she's like really sad Lynn gives her like clothes to work in the workhouse she gives up her like normal hu- Sam gives up her normal human clothes um, and really like, like feel her hopelessness yeah at this point in the movie she's really like torn up obviously yeah. and just like yeah dis- like where is she what is she doing like she was here earlier in the day with her parents and now she like works in a bathhouse yeah. and there's magical things everywhere like it's such a whirlwind of, of emotions and um, all the uniforms that they find for her are too big yeah. so it's just like she's too small for this yeah, world she yeah. like yeah. she shouldn't be here at all no labor laws here um, no. no the law is ask for a job you get a job yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my fav- one of my favourite moments in the movie is like that night when Sen and Lynn are like chilling like and she's all sad she's in a new flat and then it's not like she just moved to New York we cut back to you sorry sorry we cut back to you Barbara um, and we fi- we kind of like have been given hints that like Haku the boy from earlier is like her henchman he's kind of like he works for her it's a bit unclear what relationship is there but he, she kind of he does her bidding they're both in the penthouse um, we get reintroduced to Yubaba's uh, t- two exceptional assistants, one of which is three ogre heads, mm. and the other mm-hmm. is an eagle with her head on its body. It's <laughs> so, so good. good. So, so first, good. So, this will make sense. At that moment, she's like, I need to go and find Haku. Yeah. Um, so what does she do when she needs to go and find Haku from her balcony? She wraps her cloak around her, hops onto the banister, and just flies away yeah. and turns her cloak into like wings. Yeah. It's it's so weird. She does a couple of so rocking back and forth, and then off she goes. Yeah. It's it's like a big, like just a big version of that. Of the thing. Yeah. So, so good. good. It gives me um, fly my pretties. 
Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Bond's kind of vibes. I but just like, I'm here for that whole moment. This yeah. was the second time in the movie, uh, the first being the parents turning into pigs, where I was like, mouth dropping to the yeah. floor. Like, this is. <laughs> it just was so simple and like, it made so much sense, but it made no sense at yeah. the same time. It's so good. I just, and I also love, I was saying to uh, Mark, there's something like extremely extra about the fact that like, um, Yubaba turns into a giant bird with her head. But she also has, as a pet, a giant bird with her head. <laughs> like, earlier in the movie, when the, the bird is flying around and sees Chihiro, I was like, oh yeah, that's your barber. And then when that <laughs> happened, I was like, no, that wasn't. That was just the bird that looks like her. That was your barber it's bird. so weird. I just like need to see that bird land and unfurl itself <laughs> yeah, into a like tiny, a tiny bird. bird. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see it. Just, someone needs to draw it for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so <laughs> good. Um, and so, so yeah, Fans. so that's like a weird little mini scene. And then, um, so basically, the bathhouse kind of works. At, it's it's open at night and closed in the day. Yeah. Um, so it's morning, everyone is asleep. Um, Chihiro gets up. I said, um, she gets up when everyone's still asleep. She goes down to the boiler room. She gets her shoes back, which mm-hmm. have been looked after by the very cute soot sprites. Um, and she goes like now that everyone's asleep she goes to find her parents basically this is the moment she thinks she can find escape um, she finds a pig farm she fu- she goes into the pig farm but she realizes that she can't recognize which pigs are her parents um, it's like really sad at this moment it's just like really oh, sad how do we like what's the resolution here right is that all the bit oh so before Haku takes her down to the pig farm oh this, this, yeah. this is the bit where Haku takes her and down he's like you need to you remember, remember your parents yeah. otherwise they'll get lost um, and then outside he's like you're Chihiro, you need to remember your name, otherwise you'll forget it. This is when, and I know what I seem to do on this podcast is just reference who other movies that people have been in, but Hacker is played by a guy called Jason Marsden, who played, and again I'm going to reference Hocus Pocus for like the sixth time in this podcast, <laughs> played Zachary Binks from Hocus Pocus. Oh. No, he's the cat. He's the cat. Oh. And oh. in that film, he gets trapped as a cat for like oh. hundreds and hundreds of years until he gets freed. Yeah. Similar to what's happening to Hacker in this Yeah. Website. Spoilers. Parallels. Um, they were made by the same people. At this moment in the movie, like <laughs> this is the on the first we get them kind of repeatedly from this point on. It's like a moment of respite happens here when um, it's classic two o'clock beats the relaxed do um, album art cover where um, Chihiro and him are talking. He tells us to remember her name and they have like a really quiet moment in the fields. Mm-hmm. Um, this the main theme of this movie, the main song is like which is so like beautiful suddenly swells up again there's like pia- there's like the twinkling piano the, like the strings come in it's just gorgeous and they're kind of like still in that moment um it's really peaceful and then the kind of like the vibrancy of this film kind of dawns on you then as we get a kind of steady montage of um chihiro slash then like working in the bathhouse of different things she's like scrubbing the floors with other girls she's like cleaning she's walking through the town everything is like red and green and pink and it's so like it's so vibrant like vibrant is like I'm kind of like running repeating myself but that's the word that comes to mind there's like mm. a glow to the colour palette of this film it's mm. like ne- it's, kind of, it's neon but it's not neon it's like a halogeny kind of like it, there's a buzz to it there's a kind of fuzziness to the, the colour of this world that really stood out to me at it's this like the colour gives the movie like a soul like it just feels so realised yeah. and just perfectly fitting <laughs> Um, so that was the end of part one of our Spirited Away review. Um, we're taking a break here just we've been recording for a while, but we will be back next week um, for part two. So we'll see you then. We've got Cat Bus to catch.
Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>